Welcome to Strider NFL Football Reviews for Week 23, or should I say, Super Bowl Week. My goodness, that was a fantastic game. I'm Ian Strider, and this is the show where I get to talk about my absolute all-time favorite sport. And I'm a little sorry, I mean, should I say I'm a little sad, because... The season is ending, one of my favorite passions in life is over, and I got six months before I get to watch another live game, although I'm sure I will find plenty of great things to do during the offseason, and, and quite frankly, it is a little bit uh, relieving to get some, some time back in the week, but boy, was it a fantastic, absolutely wonderful, close, exciting game. It wasn't a perfect game for either team. That's what made it so good. There was there was uh, there was big moments and highs and lows on both sides of the ball. The Rams defense came through big at the end. The Bengals defense was surprisingly really stout all day. I was shocked by how poor the Rams running game was. It was just it was atrocious. They got like 43 yards the whole day. They couldn't do anything on the run. Anyway, we're going to jump into all that stuff as we talk about the game. We'll dissect all the fun parts, relive the fun. There's only one game, so I really can only say, I I don't have to say there's a most exciting game. But I did find a couple lame, I, I I got one lame duck to throw in there. We'll throw in a lame duck. Somebody gets a lame duck title on this one. Um, and of course, I'll have a uh, Super Bowl style football food interlude in the middle of it. So, what do you say? Let's jump right on in. And to be transparent, admittedly, I did not have a betting stake in this game for the most part. My fav- fan favorite teams were out of it. The Broncos and Bears didn't even make it to the playoffs. And of course, the Niners took a took kind of a beatdown to the face from the Rams in the NFC Championship game. Some might say, well, that must mean you're rooting against the Rams. Others might say, well, I guess maybe you want to see the Rams win, so at least you can feel good that the team that beat your team made it and won the Super Bowl. And I'm more on that side of the fence. There was a lot of players I was rooting for for the Rams. Big fan of Matthew Stafford in terms of how fun he is to watch. Some of the He's had so many great comebacks throughout his career. I think... I remember reading earlier in the season, I think I mentioned it, he's had more comeback wins than any other player since he was drafted in the NFL. He truly is the comeback kid of the last 15 years. So I was rooting for him. I thought it'd be great for him to get that chance to finally get a big win. Von Miller from the Denver Broncos. Of course I was excited for him. Want to see him add to his hall of fame resume and he did just that in the postseason he was ferocious and a great compliment to aaron donald and leonard floyd and the rest of that defense and he got two sacks in the super bowl two of them so impressive it also ties the record for most sacks in the super bowl by one player so that's pretty sweet and he did it in in three super bowls so good job for von miller of course aaron donald he's the best defender in the last I don't know, a couple decades might end up being a top, I think he's what, a top three defender of all time. If he can keep going, maybe he can even solidify himself as the greatest. So I wanted to see him get that chance, him get that win. So I had some things I was rooting about for the Rams and for the Bengals, to be perfectly honest, I think every fan base deserves a chance at a Super Bowl win. I watched my Denver Broncos lose three in the 80s, and it wasn't until another 
nine years or whatever into the 90s when I was no longer living in Colorado that they finally got their win. And man, it sure felt great to see that happen. So I was rooting for Cincinnati fans. Joe Burrow has been super sweet all season. What a great comeback after that knee injury from last year. Jamar Chase. Outside of those two guys, though, and the fan base, I didn't really have a lot of reason to root for Cincinnati. I just wanted to see a great game, and boy, did we get that. From front to back, top to bottom, it was close. It was within a couple scores or one score almost the entire game. Just fantastic. (laughs) Just just sweet. It was great. And there was some amazing defensive plays, some brilliant offensive plays, some smart and, and tactful coaching decisions, and some really questionable ones too. Um, yeah, okay. <laughs> so that's enough about me talking about the general stuff. Let's go through these quarters one by one and kind of analyze what was so fun, what I really loved about it. And then, um, and then yeah, we'll get ourselves to the end. As far as kicking things off with the two songs that they sing before every Super Bowl, America the Beautiful, and of course the Star Spangled Banner, I really liked the performances. I thought Janae Iko, who sang America the Beautiful, had a lovely, subdued, calm, relaxed uh, voice, and that performance was really nice, and it was kind of like a nice buildup to such a powerful uh, performance by Mickey Guyton, the African-American country singer who sang the national anthem, and she had a wonderful choir backing her up. I I thought the contrast between the two performances was really nice, um, and it really got me hyped up and inspired and, and, and super excited for the game if I wasn't already. The the production crew did kind of mess up, though. They announced, um, when they were announcing Janae Iko, they actually cut to a shot of Mickey Guyton, which I think was very confusing for the audience. So kind of a flub there by the uh, NBC crew. But, you know, everyone makes mistakes. So I'll, I'll, I'll give them a break on that. As far as the game kicking off, I certainly thought that Sean McVay and the Rams offense would be able to script some really solid plays to get things going, but it was the exact opposite of that. They they sputtered to start to start, and there was that really big sack against Matthew Stafford by defensive end Trey Hendrickson, who's been really good all all season for the Bengals, which stifled the Rams' first drive. And then they had a poor punt that set the Bengals up in great field position, eight yards behind midfield. So, and I, and that's where I kind of started realizing I was kind of rooting for the Rams because I was feeling like, oh man, here we go. You've already set up the Bengals to kind of jump out the gate ahead of you guys. But the Rams stonewalled two runs on second and third down that were up uh, second and third from the one after they had gotten an eight yard pass. And it forced a fourth and one. And this is where Zach Taylor, coach of the Bengals, made his first big flub of the day, in my opinion. opinion. Instead of punting, he decided to go for it on fourth down with a pass play to Jamar Chase, which might have been good, but linebacker Ernest Jones was in perfect place to defend the pass and set the Rams up with amazing field position at the 49-yard line. And the play calling just didn't seem very smart. They had a guy in the backfield run to the side where the ball was going to get thrown. So Ernest Jones followed that that running back across the field, and he was already so he was already in position. If they hadn't have uh, moved the guy behind the line towards where the action was going to happen, then maybe Jamar Chase is open. Anyway, then the Rams got ticking and clocking. 
they were able to capitalize on the short field thanks to a couple third down uh, conversions. So it wasn't easy to get there, and especially because their run game wasn't working, just like it didn't work all day. But the first conversion, a solid 20-yard catch and run by Cooper Cup, where he broke a tackle on the sidelines to find space to the run uh, for the run, which was followed by a perfectly placed 17-yard pass from Matthew Stafford to Odell Beckham Jr. for an impressive catch in tight coverage in the end zone for the first touchdown of the day, where he had to jump up and catch it while the defender's arm was in between his, trying to pull away at the ball, but Odell had on, held on tight and got the touchdown, got the Rams off to the lead 7-0. Then after the Bengals and Rams traded off three and outs, the Bengals finally started getting their offense go- offense going with a solid 13-yard run from Joe Mixon, followed by that gorgeous 46-yard deep bomb from Joe Burrow along the sideline to Jamar Chase, who made an epically awesome one-handed catch that got Cincy to the four-yard line after just barely beating out all-star cornerback Jalen Ramsey to get in front of him for that couch. Uh, it was it was a beautiful play. Probably the best play of the day, not in terms of impact to the game, but just in terms of just a sheer impressive play. And Joe Burrow had to get that ball out pretty quick. He, he got the ball out faster than he had been getting the ball out all season this game, knowing that that pass rush was going to be difficult. Um, and it worked for them early in the game. Not, not so much in the second half, but at least at this point, it worked really well for them. Uh, Then the Rams defense stiffened, though, at the goal line, and Jalen Ramsey kind of made up for it with a spectacular coverage on T. Higgins on a third and 10 after two incomplete passes in the end zone, stifling Joe Burrow's really quite perfect pass that went to T. Higgins, and and he, he made sure it didn't get a touchdown. Um, which forced the field goal on the drive, letting the Rams survive the lead at the end of the first quarter, up 7-3, to three, going into the second quarter. On that next drive for the Rams, Stafford was masterful, going through his reads, finding Odell Beckham for a 35-yard gain, and then hitting a pinpoint 25-yard pass on the next play to the sideline to his running back, Daryl Henderson, on a play action. That was quite frankly, pretty much perfect. He looked off uh, the defender and just hit it right on the money. Then finding a wide open Cooper Cup in the back of the end zone for the score in a in a play where he did what he's done a lot of times and he's kind of known for is, is basically doing a no-look throw so, so the defenders aren't even aware that he's going for the guy and Cooper Cup was just wide open, like I said. That put them up, a, up 14, well, it would have put them up 14 to zero, but unfortunately for LA, they failed on the extra point attempt thanks to the holder, punter Johnny Hecker, mishandling the ball. He got it from the center just fine. He went to put it down and it just slipped out of the way. Then they had to scramble. He tried to make something of it. Didn't work out. So then they were only up 13-3 to and that really could have come back and bit him at the end of the game and we'll talk about it when we get to that point. But this really seemed to be the catalyst for a momentum shift in favor of the Bengals and changed the dynamic at the end of the game drastically, like I just said. On the Bengals' next drive, they were able to move the ball with ease, taking up seven minutes on 12 plays and capping it with a trick play with running back Joe Mixon taking the handoff, then throwing to T. Higgins in the end zone for the touchdown, 
bringing them within three points to at a 10-3 game. It was a really solid pass by Joe Mixon too. It wasn't easy. He had to get it over a defender and he did it. Great catch too. Really fun moment. It's always cool to see some trick plays in these moments of the games. And that one worked out to perfection. Then for the Rams, it went from bad to worse with Odell Beckham Jr. suffering a non-contact injury on the next drive. In the middle of the drive, he was wide open. He was about to catch the ball, and then he just stepped wrong, and you could tell he kind of jammed his knee, ended up getting an incomplete, fell to the ground in a ton of agony. It seems like it's an ACL injury, the same leg that he had surgery on uh, a year and a half ago or something. And that was it. Odell was out for the game. And you could really tell that he was going to be a main focal point in how the Rams offense was going to work, especially with the running game not working out and them not having their really solid uh, tight end Tyler Higby, who wasn't able to play in this game. It really seemed like this could be maybe a big reason why the Rams were not going to pull it off in the end. Then Stafford threw this deep ball into the end zone on a third and 15 from their 43-yard line, which resulted in an interception. I mean, it was basically an arm punt since they would have had a punt anyway. It was third and 15, and it, it, it really just set up, um, would have set up the Bengals at the 20-yard line. But then there was a taunting penalty from a non-uniformed player, Vernon Hargraves, who ran on the field to celebrate the interception, which got them um, an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty, and it moved the ball back. So they had to start their drive on the 10-yard line, which, you know, I mean, talk about a momentum killer briefly for the Bengals. And they weren't able to really get anything done on that drive. They got one first down, and then the Rams got their first sack of the day by Leonard Floyd, which forced a punt, but the Rams weren't able to really do anything with the ball with only 30 seconds to go. They did have one pass to Cooper Cup, and he had a chance to step out bounds. They had some timeouts. Like, I think they had one timeout, so maybe they could have done something else, but he tried to just kind of keep pushing it. I thought it was kind of a silly... um, Maybe an absent-minded moment for Cooper Cup, one of the few mistakes he made all game. And that took it to halftime, with Cincy only down by three points at 13-10. to 10. As far as the halftime show went, with Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg and Mary J. Blige and Kendrick Lamar and um, Eminem and the surprise by 50 Cent, I thought it was a really, really solid, high-energy classic halftime show one of the best i've seen in my life for sure i heard a lot of consensus about that online and i would agree i really didn't think we needed 50 cent as a cameo it was it really didn't add much to to that to that performance but you know highlighted kind of the how how influential dr dre has been throughout his career i really liked it the set was good i thought the 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 choreography was solid I do not put that above my favorite halftime show of all, which was the Prince halftime show from the 2007 Super Bowl in in Miami, where it was raining while he was singing Purple Rain, and it was just a very creative, clever performance. I still put that one as the benchmark, but Dre and that crew did a great job, and, and I loved it. Okay, before we jump to the second half, it's time for a football food interlude, Super Bowl style. And for me, I decided to make it a bit of a party platter kind of thing. I didn't really have a full meal, just a bunch of appetizers. I did, of course, incorporate my uh, traditional Asiago kale bag salad that I pick up from Safeway. 
Um, loving that all season, although admittedly I'm getting a little tired of it. But the uh, the Parmesan crouton crumble, uh, the bright salad dressing, the Asiago cheese, and the shaved kale and Brussels sprouts and radicchio, it's a great mix. And I, I would thoroughly recommend it to anyone who's looking for a nice hearty salad. It could be eaten by, actually, you could probably eat it with like three people. I, I, I ate the whole thing myself. And I paired that with a puff pastry platter. I went big on puff pastries. I was at Trader Joe's um, and I decided to get some pastry bites with feta cheese and caramelized onions, which I, I love those things. They're super delicious. I also got some spanakopita and some buffalo style chicken poppers. If you aren't used to spanakopita or you don't know what that is, that's some puff pastry with spinach and feta uh, cheese inside, and I think also a little ricotta. And the buffalo style chicken poppers were a little spicy. They had a nice buffalo flavor with some cheese in there as well, and some peppers. It was it was it was hot. It was pretty good. Admittedly, I probably would have rather just had buffalo wings, but I went with I went with this. I bought it. I decided to have it. It was very rich and it was solid. I wouldn't necessarily recommend the buffalo style chicken poppers, but if you haven't tried the pastry bites with the feta cheese and caramelized onions from Trader Joe's, I think they also have them at Safeway, they're definitely worth it. It can kind of spruce up or spice up a party, not spice it up, spruce up a party, make it a little fancier feeling for a good appetizer platter. And, And it was good for me. So I enjoyed it and I munched on all that pretty much throughout the whole game, had some nice notion the whole way through, um, and it was great. All right, back to football. Speaking of that turnaround in momentum, with the Bengals getting the ball in the third quarter and things started so quick, I don't think a lot of fans in the stands were even out of the bathroom breaks yet because on the first play of the third quarter, Joe Burrow, with some pressure under him, rolls out to avoid all that pressure and throws a deep bomb to the left sideline to T Higgins and Jalen Ramsey looked like to be, he, he looked to be in position to defend the pass until Higgins grabbed and jerked Ramsey's face mask pretty quick and maybe hard to notice on the at, at, at the moment the ref certainly did it but it tweaked his momentum and it kind of made him fall to the ground so Higgins could catch the ball wide open and run the rest of the way for the 75-yard touchdown to pay dirt it was shocking i was like I was, my mind was a bit blown. No one called the penalty. You could see Zach Taylor, the coach of the Bengals, kind of like looking a little nervous, like, are they going to call a penalty on that? But sure enough, they didn't. And all of a sudden, the Bengals are in the lead, 17 to 13. And then on the very next play for the Rams, Matthew Stafford throws a little behind his seventh round picked rookie wide receiver, Ben Skronik and it bounces out of his hands kind of into the air and falls right into the hands of cornerback Chidobia Wuzier for the interception and instant field goal range at the 31-yard line. All of a sudden, it's like, is this it? Did the Rams just completely blow it? Are they done for? But Aaron Donald, the defensive tackle, greatest defender maybe in the last 20 years, wasn't going to let this game get out of hand. First, on a second and 10, 
Donald chased Burrow to the sideline and he pushed him real hard out of bounds before he got back to the line of scrimmage, which counted as Aaron Donald's first sack of the game. And the push, it, w- it was a legal push. He did it while he was in bounds, but the offensive line for the Bengals came to Burrow's um, defense and they got in Aaron Donald's face and there was a bit of a scrum on the sideline. People were pulling at Aaron Donald's face mask. They were kind of fighting and struggling. I was surprised they didn't call um, any unnecessary roughness penalties on that little scrum, but they broke it up. But you could tell it pissed Aaron Donald off and he wasn't having it after that. Then five plays later on a third and three at the 11-yard line, Aaron Donald got his second sack on a bull rush, pushing the lineman into Joe Burrow's face before taking him down and forcing the Bengals to kick a field goal, keeping it a one-score game at 20 to 13. So Bengals got all that momentum, but things kind of started to shift back right there. Then on the Rams' next drive, in spite of continuing to get completely stuffed in the run game, they were able to engineer 10 plays for 52 yards that ended in a field goal after a failed Philly special on a third and five where Cooper Cup took a reverse handoff and tried to throw it to Matthew Stafford, but the pass was way overthrown. It was an ugly pass. All I could say about that one is Cooper Cup stick to stick to running the ball, stick to catching and running the ball, leave the throw into someone else. Didn't work. And to be honest, even if Matthew Stafford had caught it, I don't think they would have got the first down. A defender was right there, and he might have blown Matthew Stafford up. Could have been worse. Who knows? Even injured the guy. So maybe it was for the best. So they get the field goal, and the Rams are only down by four at sixteen to twenty. Of course, they would have only been down by three if they hadn't missed that extra point earlier in the game. But then after that, both defenses stepped up big to force three and outs to finish the quarter with a barrage of sacks and missed opportunities. Speaking of those sacks, it started with rookie linebacker for the Rams, Ernest Jones, getting a sack on Burrow, putting the Bengals offense in a tough third and 13. And Burrow missed a pass for the first down on the next play, throwing it low to Jamar Chase, who almost caught it anyway in a diving effort. But it was maybe one of the worst passes that Joe Burrow had all day. And he really did have mostly a good day of solid passing unless he was getting hit by by the by the defensive line. And then when the Rams got the ball, defensive tackle DJ Reader, who's like a 380,000 pound dude sacked Matthew Stafford on a third and seven that not only forced a three and out for the Rams, but also seemed to hurt Stafford's ankle, which kind of got stuck under DJ Reader in the tackle. And he had to get looked at on the sidelines after the play. And I'm thinking, oh my God, they're down. Are they going to lose their, their, their guy, the guy who could get him the comeback? But he was able to come back later, so that was good. But the growing sack fest continued on the Bengals' next drive with back-to-back sacks on first and second down, including Von Miller's first sack, forcing a check down on third when they were, it was like third and 30 or something. I think it was like third and 18. And then they had to punt, which set the Rams up at around the 50-yard line as the fourth quarter kicked off. The punt fest continued with two more for each team going into the fourth quarter. All defense at the second part at this part of the game. And then after the Rams took their turn punting, the Bengals were forced into their first of the fourth quarter when Joe Burrow took his seventh sack of the day on a third and nine by the hands of Vaughn Miller, his second sack of the day, by the way. And for a minute, it looked like it was going to be the end of Burrow's day as he could be seen screaming in pain and limping off the field with a knee injury. He must have got it tweaked or torqued. 
It wasn't the knee that got him having surgery last season, so that was a plus, but it, definitely a scary thing. So after those four punts, we finally got to the most exciting drive of the game by the Rams. It started off with six minutes and 13 seconds to go with the Rams at their own 21-yard line, and Matthew Stafford got it going right away with a pass to his tight end, Bryson Hopkins, his backup tight end for a nine-yard gain. But then they tried for a pass to Ben Skornick again, who uh, was not able to get the catch. Surprise, the guy had not been doing very well all day. Clearly, they were really wishing Odell Beckham Jr. was available at this point. And then on third and one, even though the run game hadn't worked all day, they tried to run with Cam Akers to the left, got no gain, and sure enough, the drive that seemed like it was an absolute necessity might have ended right there on the 30-yard line at a fourth and one. In desperation mode, they went for it with a jet sweep by Cooper Cup, handed off, ran to the side. It looked like there was a defender in position to tackle him before the line of gain. He managed to maneuver past him. He passed it. He got a seven-yard gain, got the first down, and then they were moving. On the next first down, Matthew Stafford had an incomplete pass to Cam Akers, but then he hit one to Cooper Cup to the left for an eight-yard gain, getting them to a, another third down and two. And his tight end, Bryce, Bryson Hopkins, helped him out again with another solid catch for six yards. So then they were sitting on like basically the 50-yard line, and Matthew Stafford hit a tiny pass to Cam Akers for three yards. Clearly, the only way they were getting the running backs involved was passing the ball to them. And then things went big. Cooper Cup caught a 22-yard gain. That was pretty impressive pass between defenders, just, just laser-pointed. And Matthew Stafford was looking as sharp as he had been all day. Then on first and 10 at the 24, Matthew Stafford got another pass to Cooper Cup for eight yards. And it really seemed the only way they were going to win this game was to get it in Cooper Cup's hands. And... What they managed to do that wasn't working earlier is they had a, a nice up-tempo going they, th that didn't allow the defense to get in position on plays, force them to play more zone, less man, which helped uh, free up Cooper Cup. So then at second and two at the 16-yard line, they finally got like their best run of the day. Cam Akers got an eight-yard run as, the, as they got to the two-minute warning, setting them up in a really solid position at first and goal from the eight. Matthew Stafford first tried to pass to Van Jefferson, and it was open. I mean, it was an open touchdown opportunity, and Matthew Stafford just sailed the ball. It would have been, it would have been, it would have been the one. But then Matthew Stafford had another incomplete pass to Daryl Henderson on second down. And so on third down, it looked like they were getting in real trouble. But then there was a real questionable holding penalty by a defender on that third down play, which got him another first down at the four yard line. The Rams caught a big break on the next play though because they, they threw a touchdown pass. Cooper Cup caught it, but there was offensive holding, which would have been huge, except for there was also a penalty against Von Bell, unnecessary roughness, which offset the penalties, giving them another chance. And then on the next play, on another pass to who else? Cooper Cup, Eli Apple just couldn't help himself and committed a pass interference. And this has to be the <laughs> lame duck moment for Eli Apple of the game. He has struggled many times throughout the season. A lot of criticism against Eli Apple. And this one kind of showed why. 
So there they are on a first and goal on the one-yard line. Stafford tries for a quarterback sneak. It doesn't work out, but on the next play, he goes for a back shoulder throw to the right, and who's covering Cooper Cup again? It's Eli Apple. He he does he doesn't get there in time. Cooper Cup, nice little pivot pivot swirl, gets the ball, feet down in the end zone, touchdown. They are in the lead again. Wow, but they're only up by three after the extra point because of that missed extra point they had earlier in the game. So, the Bengals had one last chance with a minute and 25 seconds to make it happen to either get the touchdown to win the game or at least get it over into overtime. And Evan McPherson, the rookie kicker who had been phenomenal all postseason, hitting every single field goal attempt he had made, 12 in the playoffs, already making two in this game, could they do it? Started off pretty good. Joe Burrow hit a pass to Jamar Chase to the left for 17 yards to get things going. Got them all the way to the 42-yard line. And then he hit another one to Tyler Board down the middle for nine yards. Eric Weddle got a solid tackle on that. And Eric Weddle, man, them getting him and him doing what he did after coming out of retirement for two years was quite impressive. But that's where things got stuck. On a second and one, Joe Burrow went for another pass. It went incomplete to Jamar Chase. And then on third and one, they tried to run the ball, not with their number one running back, Joe Mixon, but with their bigger dude, Samaj P. Ryan, who usually is only used in passing uh, passing plays. I think what I heard um, some people say was they thought that maybe they could get the Rams expecting a pass by having Samaj P. Ryan in there. Rams didn't fall for it, though. And Aaron Donald got pressure up the middle, was able to grab Samaj P. Ryan from behind and hold on to him as he tried to pull for that first down and he couldn't do it, holding them to fourth and one. One last gasp effort. Cincinnati took a timeout to try to come up with their best play. And Joe Burrow hiked the ball, thinking maybe he could get that first down on a passing play. He tried to move the move around, but Aaron Donald just plowed through the blocker, gave Joe Burrow no time at all, wrapped him up, started spinning him around like he was going to sack him, just like he did to Jimmy Garoppolo in the NFC Conference Conference Championship game. And Joe Burrow tried to throw it, swinging the ball, and it almost looked like P. Ryan might catch it, but no, to no available. It went incomplete. Turnover on downs. Aaron Donald, the champion, and the Rams won it, won the Super Bowl. It was fantastic. It was so exciting, thrilling. That was it. The Rams were able to down it out with two plays, and there you had it. New championship team, the LA Rams, in their home stadium of Los Angeles. The crowd went absolutely nuts. I was super excited for all those great players on that team. It was absolutely awesome. Too bad for the Bengals fans. Too bad for the Bengals. But wow, what a game. It certainly wasn't a perfect performance by the Rams by any sense. You know, Stafford had those couple of interceptions. They they couldn't do anything on the run game. Props to the Bengals defense for being far more impressive than I had expected, although they had performed well in, in, in the postseason and throughout a large part of the season. But it was just um it was just exciting. It was close, it was fun. Couldn't have been happier with 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 that 
entertainment experience really solid and a phenomenal way to cap off the season. And speaking of capping off the season, that is going to do it for Strider NFL football reviews for my inaugural season. I'm Ian Strider. I hope you had a great time with me all season. It was a lot of fun experiencing and enjoying all the excitement of these games, reliving the fun, reliving the excitement, seeing the lame ducks, the most exciting games of the year, getting a chance to see some really solid moments from my fan favorites. I hope you got inspired to get some good food or at least your taste buds got um, perked up with my football food interludes. And I'm just really glad y'all were here to listen to me. So thanks to all my listeners. I'm going to take a bit of a hiatus as I shift and decide on what to do for the offseason. Hopefully you'll subscribe to the channel so you'll see when I come back pretty soon. And once again, thanks to all my listeners. It's been a great time. So enjoy yourself. Enjoy your friends and your family. Olympics are going on for another week, so enjoy those. Enjoy whatever tainment you like to experience. And until next time.